episode of the Requiem for a Tuesday podcast, which is literally a podcast about parks and recreation. Congratulations. We are at the end of season one. Better days are ahead. And I am so very happy. So, so very happy. Um, This is episode six, Rock Show. Um, Like I said, episode six of season one, the last episode of season one. And I know I've said this multiple times about how much better it gets after this. There's nowhere to go but up because it gets so, so, so much better. So let's just jump right into it with our synopsis. Um, So the synopsis for this episode is... Leslie attends what she believes is a business meeting with an elderly local government bigwig, unaware that her mother has secretly set her up on a blind date. An angry Anne learns Andy could have had his legs, leg casts removed weeks ago, but lied about them so that Anne would continue to pamper him. Mark, disillusioned with his career, makes a pass at Anne, which she harshly rejects. Leslie and Mark end up drinking beer together by the pit and Mark tries to kiss her, but she refuses because he is drunk. Mark stumbles into the pit. Now, <laughs> this is the pretty much a really good synopsis. I mean, it's just word for word what happens scene for scene. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's pretty much exactly what happens in the episode. Sometimes the synopsis, like you don't want to read a synopsis and know exactly what's going to happen. You just want like a kind of overview. But this literally said word for word what was going to happen. But eh. So this episode aired on May 14th of 2009. Um, it was written by Norn, Norm Hiscock and directed by Mike Shore. Um, it starts off with a dumb opening with dumb Tom being dumb. Um, talking about they're in the hospital. And I didn't even write any notes on this part because it's so stupid. And y'all know how I feel about Tom with his stupidness. Um, Tom's just being really shitty to Leslie and is like, oh, you know, like he has a stethoscope and he puts her on her boobs and she's like, oh, you know, her boobs are dead. They're too small, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like she's dumb. Just, just more shitty Tom being shitty. Um, (laughs) then we get to Andy in the hospital getting his cast taken out. Now, This, we get to, I like this episode too, because it's, you get to meet so many of, not so many, you get to meet a couple other characters that they're introduced in this episode. One of my favorites being Dr. Harris. So Dr. Harris, um, is a reoccurring character. He's a doctor who works in the hospital with Anne when Anne is at work. Um, and you know, he's a doctor that shows up and he's like just really dry and always has something, you know, dry joke to say, or just like a witty comeback or something. It's, he's hilarious. I love Dr. Harris. He's one of my favorite side characters. So um, they're there and they're removing Andy's cast off of his legs. And, you know, he they got the buzzsaw out. They're removing which I don't know. Is that a thing? I've Luckily, I've never broken a bone. Knock on wood. But I've never broken a bone. So I've never had a cast. Do they remove them with buzzsaws? Like, I probably should have looked that up. I kind of want to look that up but nobody wants to hear me Google something on a podcast. But like, do they really, you know what? No, we're going to do this because I really want to know. And I should have looked this up before I, um, before I started the episode, but I didn't think about it until I just said it. Do they remove? No, let's do this. 
how do they remove this is riveting listening <laughs> remove casts how do doctors remove casts yes let's see here casts used to be removed by heavy cast shears or scissors eventually a special saw was developed which speeds up the process modern cast saws are used to take off most of the fiberglass and plaster casts in the world the cast saw is an electric tool with a vibrating rate vibrating blade that cuts through the hard outer layer of the cast so they really do use a buzz saw and then they have videos i'm not gonna play the video they really do have buzz saws that is crazy i because <laughs> like i was watching the episode and i was like is he using like a buzz saw it was like a little mini buzz saw wow that's really a thing didn't know that cue the more you know <laughs> signal by which is appropriate because it's nbc um, but yeah, so they cut off Andy's cast with a mini buzzsaw. Um, and then he has like, it's really gross and he has all this shit like inside of the cast. So Anne's like, oh, there's my iPod. And there's like little toys and things in there. Like, first of all, how did your iPod get stuck down his leg? Number one. And number two, like, ew, like <laughs> it's just so nasty. And then she just picks it up off her, off his leg. Like, oh, it was just so nasty. Very, very, very nasty. Um, so then, uh, so then fast forward, they're all at the, at the, uh, courtyard of, of the government building and, uh, Anne's talking to everybody like, oh, you know, whatever. We're so glad, uh, Leslie bought a cake and they're like, oh, we're so glad that you guys, you know, were there for Andy when they took the cast off. And then, so there's something that I did not pick up on. Now, once again, I like, as I've said numerous times. I watch the show in the background. I'm not always constantly, you know, paying attention. It's the background of my life. So I haven't really sat down and paid attention to every frame of every episode. There's a moment. So when they're in the, they're in the courtyard and they're about to eat the cake and, um, Andy's talking and I don't know if this is intentional or if it's just something that happened, but Andy's talking and he's like, um, yeah, I want to thank you guys for everything. And they cut to April and April is like giving Andy the business with the eyeballs. Just like, yeah, I see you over there, Andy. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. It caught me off guard because, you know, so this, this is not a spoiler-free podcast, okay? Just to let you know. So, I mean, I'm going to keep some things, but like April and Andy, I love April and Andy. They eventually get, get together. So the fact, like, was this something that was planted early? Because, like, she is eyeballing him. And I was like, wait. Wait, I never noticed this before. So, like, it was really cute. I was like, look at you, April, looking at your man already. Oh, my gosh. Um, so then that, that whole thing happened. So then um, Anne was like, Anne was like, oh, you know, Andy's doing a rock show later. Um, and you guys should all come to the show. And she passes out the flyers. Um, and then, so then, oh, yeah, so... Andy, this is another part I like in this episode. So Andy was talking about how he was in, how he was in the house and like he's playing music and he's really excited to play with his band because he was stuck in the house and didn't really have anything to write about. So he was writing about, about the inanimate objects. And I can totally relate to this because I am, I am in my house and I'm singing to inanimate objects all the time. Like just singing what I'm doing and just like, oh, I'm walking in the kitchen, about to mix some chicken. Like, I don't know. It's just a thing that people do. And so when he was saying, and there's a part where he was singing about the lamp and like, it's just really funny. So like, and sometimes I do that. Like, so he talks about the lamp 
and I forget the first song that he sings, but then, oh, no, no. She, he asked what kind of, he sings about the sandwich. He said, what kind of sandwich is it? So Anna's like, ham. And then he looks to the left. He's like, lamp. And he's like, I wish it were a lamp to light up when it gets touched. So I do that. <laughs> I have a lamp by my bed. So like every now and then I'll turn to my lamp and I'll sing that song because I'm a dork and that's what dorks do. So then we fast forward to um, Leslie and Leslie's saying she can't go to the uh, rock show because she has a tete a tete slash meeting with a local big wig that her mother set up, set her up with. Right. So she's like, she goes to her mom. And so this, this is like crazy. She goes to her mom is like, Oh mom, is there any way that we can, you know, that I can postpone the meeting or reschedule for another day? And then her mom is like, Marlene's like, Oh, well you can, but that would make you be flaky. And I mean, if that's the impression that you want to give, and I'm going to read to you Leslie's exact quote, because I wrote this down because goddamn, like I wrote this down. So this is what Leslie says. I don't want to be flaky. Flaky is the flaky is the worst thing a pos a, flaky is the worst thing a politician could be or corrupt or a rapist. This is literally what Leslie says. And I was like, oh my God, we literally have a flaky, corrupt racist in the race. Oh, wow. That works too. Racist slash rapist in office right now. Like, so like there's, oh God, it's just, it's just too real, too real. I'm just going to move on because it's too real. But I think that was very poignant <laughs> that that's what Leslie said. Flaky, corrupt, or a rapist. We have all three, and he's leader of the free world. <sighs> Moving right along. So um, Leslie gets ready to go on her meeting, which ends up being a date that she doesn't know. So she gets there, and here's my moment of rage because the guy is from Eagleton, okay? Eagleton. So... And I get that it's the beginning of the show. I understand it's the first season. They're still fleshing out the show. They're still fleshing out the characters and the storylines and how things are going to interact and all this. But this is Eagleton that we're talking about. Leslie hates Eagleton with a passion. She hates it. There are several episodes that the plot line is pretty much Leslie hates Eagleton. She would never in a million years go to a tete-a-tete or tete-a-tete or date meeting anything with anyone from Eagleton. And she says he's from Eagleton. It's not even like she doesn't know he's from Eagleton and she gets there and she finds out he's from Eagleton. No, she knows he's from Eagleton. Like this, like, no, 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 no. Like that just drives me up the wall. Like you cannot, like you, like you need to put, if you're going to do that, to the extent, and the only reason, like, continuity errors don't really bother me that much because I understand that as stories develop and as stories change, you know, sometimes you have to change, you know, the way characters interact with each other or different facts or things you didn't think of in the beginning that you think of at the end. Sometimes that happens. I completely understand that. But the extent that they go to in later seasons, really it starts in season two, like the end of season two and on, of how there's this bitter rivalry between uh, Pawnee and Eagleton that has gone on for years. 
Like, it's not even like it just happened one day. Like, they, oh, they've gone on for years. But Leslie goes to a meeting with a guy from Eagleton, and she's like, oh, yeah, he's from Eagleton. No, 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 no. And that's the end of that rant. Just no. I'm going to move right along because it very, very, very bothers me. Very, very bothers me. So she, anyway, she gets to the meeting with this this Eagletonian. Um, <laughs> she gets to the meeting with the Eagletonian. And he's like 102 years old. Um, and uh, she's trying to talk to him about, you know, the pit or whatever. So the guy is like, oh, you know, I don't really talk about that during uh, on a date. And then Leslie starts to realize this is a date. And she's like, wait, what is going on? Uh, she calls her mom. She's like, oh, you know, it's, it's a date. Just have fun with him. Oh, excuse me. His name is George. And um, so Leslie's like, well, she's kind of stuck there. So she decides she's going to continue on. So then we have the whole thing with Mark. Mark goes to the concert. Uh, so they, we switch to the little club where they're at. So Mark goes to the concert. And um, he's there without a date. Tom is there with Wendy Haverford, which we finally meet Tom's wife. And everyone's like, oh, she's super hot. This is my super hot wife. So we meet, um, we find out she's a surgeon and she's um, really funny and what, all this. Ron is there with his ex-wife's sister, Beth, um, who he said that he is with because he, the sister hates Tammy as much as he hates Tammy. So they're dating each other to piss off Tammy. And then we have April, which she, I don't, we never see her again. I feel like I can safely say i'm just trying to rack my brain i'm like 99.999 percent sure we never see beth again so that's fine um and then april is there with derek which is another reoccurring character so derek is her gay boyfriend and then derek has a later on derek gets there's another person they become a throuple but we'll get there so right now um April is like, oh, he's the gayest person I've ever met, but I make up, make out with him when I'm drunk sometimes. So she's there with him. So then, uh, Anne shows up and she sees Andy setting up. She walks up to Andy. She's really upset. And, um, and then Andy tries to like hurry up on the show. Like, oh, you know, we're not going to talk about it right now, whatever. So then we get to, well, I'll go over that later. Cause then, um, and, but no, I'll do it now. I'll do it now. Because there's a part where Andy goes, we learn about the different names of the bands. But, um, so, oh, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I went out, I had a whole list of things that I was going through. And then I went on my Eagletonian rant and completely forgot about the list. So rewind that for a minute. April's, not April, Anne is angry because she goes to the hospital and she's inviting all of like her coworkers to come to the band to see Andy play. She sees Dr. Harris. Dr. Harris is like, asks how Andy's doing. And she's like, oh, you know, he's fine. His legs are a little shaky, but that's to be expected. And Dr. Harris breaks HIPAA laws, <laughs> which, and then I'm like, well, maybe Anne is on his list, I guess. She has to be. Cause like he just tells all the, he just spills all the tea, like just, HIPAA? What's HIPAA? I'm going to tell you everything. So pretty much Andy lied and he was supposed to have his cast off two weeks ago, but Anne was waiting on him hand and foot. So, um, Anne was waiting on him hand and foot. So he's like, he's good. He continued to 
Dr. Harris is like, oh, come and get your cast. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to wait. So that Anne will continue waiting on him. So Anne finds out and gets pissed off. So that's why she goes with Andy, and that's why she's pissed. So then that's, like, that's what I said. That's when we get back to Andy, and he's talking about he's introducing the band. So then we get to the band names. And I'm just going to read off the list of band names, right? So, so like, it's like one of those cutscenes where they, like, rapid fire and they keep cutting through. So I'm going to read the list of band names because they're hilarious. So we have AD and the D-Bags. I don't, this isn't in order of the way, because I'm looking at it at the Wikipedia page, and this isn't the order that they say it in. I think they have it in alphabetical order is what it looks like. So um, AD and the D-Bags, the Andy Andy Andys, the Andy Dwyer Experience, Angel Snack, Crackfinger, Death of a Scam Artist, Department of Homeland Obscurity, Nothing nothing rhymes with orange. Everything rhymes with orange. I have to put those together because they're funny. Um, Five Skin, Flame for Flames, Fleetwood Mac Sex Pants, which that, I don't know why they have that on this list because that is not this episode. Fleetwood Mac Sex Pants is a band name, but it didn't come from this episode, so I don't know why that's here. Anyway, Foreskin, God Hates Figs, Handrail Suicide, Jet Black, Jet Black Pope, Just the Tip, Malice in Chains, Mouse Rat, Muscle Confusion, Ninja Dick, Nothing Rhymes with Orange, Nothing Rhymes with Orange, which I already said, Penis Pendulum, Possum Pendulum, Punch Face Champions, Puppy Pendulum, Rad Raggin, Razor Dick, Teddy Bear Suicide, Three Skin, Two Doors Down, and at this moment, they're Scarecrow Boat. So, <laughs> those are all of the band names. I think what they did was they just compiled all the band names that they say throughout the series. Like I said, I know for a fact Fle- Fleetwood Mac Sex Pants wasn't this episode. I don't think there's another one that I don't think was this episode either. But, um, yeah, so this is all the different band names, which is hilarious. I love it. So, like, a lot of times if you go to, like, a Parks and Rec trivia, a lot of the teams are named after, you know, a band names like my trivia thing like a couple times I've done trivia it's been Fleetwood Mac sex pants that's one of the reasons why I know it wasn't this episode because that's one of my go-to uh Parks and Rec trivia names is (laughs) Fleetwood Mac sex pants or like I'll do because a lot of people use Fleetwood Mac Fleetwood Mac Fleet I cannot talk I am so so sorry Fleetwood Mac sex pants a lot of groups use that so I'll change it up and I'll use the entire quote which is from pretty sure it's season three three or four it might be three I think it's three which is Fleetwood Fleetwood Mac sex pants new band name I call it which is the whole that's the whole quote so typically I'll use that because everybody else uses just Fleetwood Mac sex pants but anyway moving right along um we have so there so Andy starts sing starts to sing he sings the Anne song um which I like I love that song like they never played the whole song what I really want is I want like a a Spotify playlist or like a CD or something of all the songs like all the Mousetrap songs because they're actual songs that Chris Pratt actually performed so they have to be recorded somewhere like because I want to hear the full versions because I know the songs like my ex used to laugh at me because when I would watch the show, like I would sing the songs. He's like, how do you know these songs? I said, first of all, they're like 30, 45 seconds worth of a song. 
I was like, and second of all, they're really catchy and they're really good and I like them. So I want like an album of those so I can listen to the full version. So he's singing the Ann song. Ann gets mad and walks away, sits down. Here comes Mark, being Mark, hitting on Ann. Um, and Ann shuts him down immediately. She's like, she's like, are you hitting on me in front of my boyfriend? Is this what you're doing right now? And he's like, no, but if I was, and she's like, you know what? I'm going to, she's like, normally I let this go, but I'm pissed off and I'm angry. So I'm going to tell you why I don't appreciate this right now. And she starts laying into him and he's like, I'm so sorry. And walks away. So then, um, Leslie, Leslie and George, which is the old man that she was, that her mom set her up with show up. Um, and <laughs> Tom was like, Tom starts laughing cause he's old. Um, so then that like, and he was singing, Oh, the pit, he starts singing the pit song, which is like the theme of the, the, the song, the theme song for the pit is like the pit. We all fell in the pit. Like that's like the song. So there's two main songs in parks and rec. You have the pit and you have the little Sebastian song, which is way in the future. This is the first, like, song that really came out of Parks Rec. Like, everybody knows the Pit song. So, he's, he starts sing, singing a Pit song. Um, Leslie and George show up at the end of the Pit song. The show is over. So, uh, Aunt, Anne's like, come on, Andy, we need to go. I need to talk to you. And so, Andy tries to stay long so that they can't fight. But Anne's like, no, we have to go. Um, George is sitting there. He falls asleep. And then Tom's like, is he sleeping or is he dead? Which is just more Tom being Tom, really. So then they leave. Um, Leslie's about to leave too, but Mark is like super drunk and Mark's like, stay and have a beer with me. So then uh, Leslie says to the camera, like, oh, Leslie says to the camera, like, oh, you know, this is the same thing that happened last time we slept together, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, oh, God, here we go with this shit. Um, and she's like, oh, yeah, he was drunk last time, too. The guy's like, the bar is about to close. But um, Mark is like, no, we're going to keep drinking. We're going to get beers to go. So they go to the pit. And they start drinking at the at the pit. Um, they're, like, throwing their bottles into the pit and all this. Meanwhile, uh, Andy and Ann are in the house fighting. Um, they're fighting because uh, Ann's like, oh, you know, I know you're supposed to have your cast off. Two weeks ago, you lied to me, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, I didn't lie. Dr. Harris is like, oh, this part's funny. He's like, oh, Dr. Harris is lying. He just wants more money. And <laughs> so it's like, how, Andy? How is he going to get more money? So Andy goes, one word, HMOs. <laughs> it's just, it's so dumb, but it's so funny. And then, um, so then Anne's like, well, we'll call Dr. Harris. We'll call Dr. Harris right now. And then he's like, don't call him. So they, they start fighting. So then um, Anne puts Andy out. Andy goes outside. He sees Leslie and uh, Mark sitting on the bench in the pit, and they're making out. Uh, so Leslie's like, you know, stop. We shouldn't do this. Mark tells her it's not that big of a deal. And then Leslie's like, no, you know, I don't want this to happen this way, blah, blah, blah. So Mark apologizes, stands up, and falls into the pit. Andy starts laughing, runs to tell Anne, and you know that Mark guy fell in the pit. Anne gets his, gets her nurse bag and runs outside to take care of Mark, and that's how the episode ends. So you know it kind of ends with Mark being in the pit and um, Anne going to rescue him, and that's 
that's how that's pretty much it that's the end of the episode um like i said i really like this episode this is my favorite episode of season one um like i feel like this is really when it started to become parks and rec like this is when it really started to sink in and really started to cement itself um and like when you look at the different like the characters you know that they're bringing in you know they're bringing in dr harris you see wendy you know you see tom's wife you know you see Derek. so they're just starting to bring in other people from pawnee you know into the series um so then i'm looking at some of the notes here about production let's see okay yeah so yeah mike mike shore the creator said we treated that whole six episode season like a pilot if you go back and watch these episodes now you can see us making changes the sixth episode is different in tone than the first. We made character tweaks like every other show does. Um, Amy Polish says she believed the rock show would end what she described as the inevitable comparisons between Parks and Rec and The Office, which is true. Like, I do think this is kind of the point where they kind of broke away and kind of began, became their own show. You know, like, they, they're not... Like, I mean, it still has, you're still going to have those comparisons because it's the same type of show, you know, it's a mockumentary. Some of the shots are going to be the same, you know, things like that. But like the, the tone of the show is starting to change. Um, so then let's see, see, okay. So about Andy's band, it's the Andy band's mate, Andy's bandmates during the rock show were played by Mark Rivers who was on the drums, Andrew Burleson, which Andy, that's another recurring character, even though they don't name him in this episode, Andy, um, on the guitar, I mean, not Andy, Andrew Burleson on the guitar is another recurring character. Um, and Alan Yang on, on the bass. And see, this is why I said there needs to be a recorded album because since all four actors performed their own instruments live during the filming. Originally, they planned to pre-record the songs and pantomime them, but after practicing a few times, they decided to shoot it live. The band performed each song twice, and Mike Shore said that he tried to shoot it and direct it as if it were a music video. Yang is a writer of Parks and Rec, and he wrote the, the episode Boys Club. So, like, they actually performed, like, y'all could have made this album. I want this album. I want this album. Um, so the guy Rivers, Mark Rivers wrote the songs and in, in rock shows. So he wrote the Ann song. He wrote the pit and, uh, Chris Pratt said it took him only about 15 minutes. Um, well, no, see, that doesn't make sense. Okay. Oh, Hitchcock wrote the lyrics for the pit in the initial outline. Oh, okay. So somebody else wrote the original lyrics for the pit and then Mark Rivers went out and fleshed them out. Um, they were, the songs were designed to resemble the music of American rock band Hootie and the Blowfish. The only song not written, written by Rivers was Anne, a romantic ballad Andy played for Anne, which was written by Chris Pratt. So Chris Pratt did write Anne. I thought so. I was just read that. And I was like, wait, okay. Um, like most episodes of Park and Rec, a great deal of the scenes in Rock Show were improvised. We knew this already. Um, let's see. Oh yeah, so that so there's a whole part like right when before they started kissing, where Paul Schneider, the guy who plays Mark Brandanowitz, was talking. So all of that was all improv improvisation. So I had put in my notes that Leslie Mark is not that funny, but apparently Mark may not be that funny, but Paul Schneider is because it was all improvised, and that was Amy Poehler actually laughing at Paul Schneider. 
So, yeah, I guess. Um, Chris Pratt also improvised most of his own dialogue, dialogue, including his rationale to Anne about why he lied about his leg caps. I really, really like it when you serve me food. Um, let's see. Originally in the script, Andy was supposed to be serious and concerned when Mark fell into the pit, but Pratt changed it so that his character thought the fall was funny. It was really funny when he fell into the pit. It really was really funny. Um, he improvised, Chris Pratt also improvised the song about the random things in the living room. Um, the whole, I wish it would lamp the light when I get touched. He wrote that. Um... Oh, yeah, so then we have the beginning of the whole April and Andy. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. So I was right. I was right. Okay. So it says, during a scene when Andy describes his style of music, April responds that she completely understands him, although the characters seemingly do not. That line was improvised by Aubrey Plaza and later helped inspire the writing staff to place the April and Andy characters into a romantic relationship. Mike Shore said at the time it was this little nothing throwaway thing. But when we watched it, we thought that there was something there. The scene, that scene with Mark making pass. Okay, that's a whole separate thing. So, okay, so it was this episode. I knew it, I know, because like there, there were so many like little looks where April was looking at Andy and then, like this whole part where she was explaining the band, like while, while he, Andy was talking and she just kept giving him all these eyes. And I was like, I knew it, see? See, sometimes I be knowing things. I don't always be knowing things. Sometimes I be knowing things. This time I knew some things. <laughs> but okay, I just got really excited right there because I love April and Andy. I think they're adorable. Um, the scene with Mark making a pass at Anne at the Rock Show and Anne's angry reaction to the simp were a last minute addition to the episode. Um, let's see. Oh, so Mark and Anne... The writers had not dis- decided what would happen between developing plot lines. So they didn't know what, what they were going to do with Leslie and, and Mark. They didn't know what they were going to do with Leslie and Anne at the time Rock Show aired because it was just the the beginning, the end of the first season. In the original pilot uh, script, Mark helped Leslie slowly because he was attracted to Anne and felt that helping Leslie's project would give him an excuse to spend more time with her, which is dumb. I'm glad they changed that because it's really dumb. That's really, really dumb. Um, immediately after the show was originally broadcast, NBC set up an official website for Scarecrow Boat, which they eventually became Mouse Rat. Um, and it included ringtones, band posters, songs for downloads, and photos. Wait, what? <laughs> so, see, so I need to do a lot better at researching things <laughs> beforehand because I did not know this. Because sometimes I feel like, a lot of the times, it doesn't exist. Squarecrowboat.com no longer exists. Um, but, you know, sometimes when you listen to podcasts and, you know, they have everything all written out and it's like they're reading from a thing. Like, I don't want to be like that. Like, I want it to be, I don't have anyone to talk to. So I don't want it to be just like, I am reading this from a thing. And then they walk down the street. And then they, you know, so that's why I don't do, like, I watch the episode, I have my little notes, I skim through the, the little Wikipedias and the little trivia things that I have, and, you know, I just, you know, let it happen. But sometimes it works against me when things like, there's a website that has stuff on it that I didn't know existed, but the website doesn't exist anymore, so that's fine. Um... 
Okay, Aubrey Plaza conceived the idea of her character dating a gay man who she occasionally makes out with. Her gay boyfriend would become a major part of April's character in the second season. We talked about that. Um, I think that's it. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Cultural references. Um, this is just, they're just talking about all of the band names again. Okay, so during one scene, Andy goes to a list of previous names his band has had. Chris Pratt said about half of the band names featured in the episode came directly from the script, but after he made up one on the spot, the directors encouraged him to keep improvising. Pratt said that he went through about 200 fake band names during the take. 200? God damn, how long was that clip? Like, I wonder if that exists somewhere. Ooh, excuse me. I don't think there's anything else. I think that's all. I'm just looking for any other little tidbits. Nope, that's all for that. So, let's see. So, as I said, it broadcast on May 14th, 2009. Um, it was watched by 4.25 million viewers, marking the lowest viewership for the season. Um, the rating was almost the same as the previous week's episode. Uh, the episode received a 1.9 out of 7 among viewers with age between 18 and 34 and a two out of six between 18 and 49. That is crazy. Like I would give it out of seven, I would give it like a five and a half or a six, like, or maybe six and a half. Like I really like, so like as a standalone episode, maybe, but like as as like looking at the whole season and taking this episode and comparing it to the rest of the season, like I would yeah I would give it between like a five and a half and a six and a half. Like it's a pretty solid episode. There's some funny moments, you know. That I'm I'm shocked. I'm shocked that it got such a low rating. Um, since Rock Show generally receives positive reviews, with many critics claiming it to be the best episode of the series up to that point. The scene in which Leslie rejects Mark's kiss in a pit was considered by some viewers to be a crucial turning point for both the show and the development of Leslie's character, which is true. I like, I'm so glad that she was like, yeah, this is not happening. Um, it says Leslie finally realized that she can move on from Mark and the show realized that they can make her a real character. Agree, agree, agree. Um, another reviewer said that all the characters were very likable the jokes seemed natural and the awkwardness of the show was tuned down enough to work properly. Uh, they said the first, while the first five episodes of the season had been disappointing, Rock Show marked, Rock Show marked an improvement in which the characters were more defined and their quirks and rhythms understood. And just more of the same, Chris Pratt was funny, the pit was stuck in his head after the episode, they had mixed feelings, and it's saw rock show, and fell in love with the show. Um, they believe the show will become more popular in the second season. So, like, one of the things about Parks and Rec, so, like, I didn't watch it live until season six, I want to say. I want to say it was season six, isn't it? Like, maybe, like, the second half of season six going into the last season is when I found out. Well, I knew Parks and Rec existed, but I didn't watch it, like, live from the beginning. 
But it was always on the chopping block. Like, after every season, they didn't know if they were coming back. Because, like, the ratings weren't always the best. Like, it's, it's good now. Because, like, when it started streaming, you know, it was on Hulu. It was on Netflix. You know, it was on Amazon. So, like, people started finding the show that way. Um, so it kind of, you know, picked up steam that way. But, like, while it was airing, it wasn't really, especially looking at these ratings, like, that's, I'm still shocked it got a 1.9. Like, that's a little harsh, man. That's a little harsh. That's a little harsh. Um, I'm just looking, make sure I didn't miss anything. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So we've officially made it to the end of season one. It's over. Season one is done. We're moving on <laughs> to season two. And it's it just gets so much better from here. It's just so much better from here. Um, there Now, don't get me wrong. There are still shitty episodes. Every episode is not the best. It's really not. There are still shitty episodes to come. There's still shitty plot lines to come. There's more shitty Tom to come. <laughs> so, like, there is still some shittiness to be had. However, it's it gets much, much better. It gets much, much better. So, it's, it's a lot to look forward to. So, our next episode will be the first episode of season two called Pawnee Zoo. And... Yeah, that's a pretty good episode. I mean, there's some eh moments, but as a whole, it's a pretty good episode. So I will see you here next time. And thank you for listening. Please. Uh, see, I always forget to do this. I'm going to remember this time. See, I'm remembering. <laughs> Please, you know, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a review. Keep saying us once again. Just me. Give me <laughs> a review. Five-star review. Tell your friends. Tell your family. You know, if you're in a Parks and Rec group, you know, post the link in the group, you know, <laughs> just spread it around so more people can listen. Um, I'm really enjoying doing this. Like, even if two people are listening, hi to the two people are listening. You know, I, this is this has been really fun. I'm going to keep it up and I hope you guys continue to listen and I hope I continue to entertain you with my silliness. I'm going to try to get better at talking. Because I think what happens is I naturally talk fast. So I, I try to slow down so that when I'm talking, like, it doesn't sound like, blah, 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 you know, so I'm trying to talk slow, but then I'll speed up and then I'll trip over my words. And then if I'm trying to read something, my brain moves faster than when I'm reading because I'm trying to read it out loud. So I'm trying to work on that. It'll get better as time goes on. It'll Just like the show, as time goes on, it will get better. But um, thank you guys for hanging in there and thank you for listening. Baba Booey!